try to like overestimate the time blocks because again, with the positive psychology, we don't want to feel like crap. Now I'm falling behind and I'm not accomplishing any tasks. It's better to feel like you're ahead of the game if you gave yourself a little extra buffer time and then you go through all your tasks and you're like, hey, now I have extra time. What should I do with this? Rather than feeling like you failed your schedule. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I wanna share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. Are you staring at your to-do list and going, oh my gosh, I have so many things on it and it seems like they're all the same things that just never get done. Or maybe you are having kind of a problem with feeling icky, you know, like a lot of what you're doing in your business is not what you really want to be doing, but you're not really sure how to change that. Today's conversation is for you. I'm talking with Kelsey Christine, and we are going over all sorts of ways that you can better manage your time, get things off of that to-do list, figure out how to make better decisions in your business. And then also she runs an amazing business that can help you if you are one of those people that has update website on your to-do list. Sometimes it's just better to delegate it and hand it off in order to get past that bottleneck that you're feeling in your business. So if any of that resonates, today's episode is one that you're going to want to take a listen to. But first, a couple notes from the wonderful folks that support this show. Hey, photographers, tired of staring at a blank screen when writing emails? 17 Hats has introduced a game-changing AI email writing feature called Hattie. Now, with just the click of a button, you can create polished professional emails. So whether you're responding to leads or building templates, Hattie will elevate your communication game with the power of AI. It's just one more way 17 Hats helps you manage your business better. So go try 17 Hats for seven days for free and use code PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year. That's up to a $300 savings. Check it out at 17hats.com. Use code PHOTOBIZHELP. So are you one of those folks that say, ugh, I'm not blogging in my business because it takes so long and I don't know what to say and it's hard to choose photos and it's just a long process and I know I should do it, but I don't. Well, I've been there before, but one of the things that completely changed this game for me is when PickTime rolled out their blog feature early spring in February 2023. It not only allows you to create super, super beautiful blog posts, but you can do it so, so, so fast, working with galleries that you've already uploaded for clients, so there isn't any doubling down on anything. And now they've added AI to this process as well. So you may have your feelings about AI, but if you're one of those people that's like, ugh, I don't know what to say, then let AI write something for you, and then you can add your own little voice and flair to it after it's done. It's a way to get things started. It's a way to help you get past that resistance of trying to get a blog post out or maybe multiple blog posts out. It's just one more feature in PickTime's bajillion amazing features that I 
think is fabulous. So if you're on the fence about trying PickTime, they are offering you one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So you can just try it. And if you find that you don't like any of these awesome features that I always talk about, you can cancel. If you go to pick-time.com, P-I-C-T-I-M-E.com and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, you get that one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So that's pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP and try that one month free and get going on your blog because yes, it's still a relevant thing and it's something that's useful in growing your photo business. Here we are. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, absolutely. Remind me where you are in the world right now. I am in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a cool spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's growing too. It's there's something new around here every day. If you live there or like folks that live there, is it still fun to go kind of downtown and hit all the honky tonk bars and stuff? Or is that more of a touristy thing? Do you like avoid it like the plague? Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's a running joke around here with all the bachelorette parties and it's a lot. I mean, I equate it to if you live in New York City, how often do you go to Times Square? But I do think there's still something really cool about it. I love how you can walk down that street and literally every window that you pass has live music coming out of it. And I think that's pretty cool. But the crowds are a little hard to bear. (laughs) I haven't been there in a few years, but I have seen some phenomenal musicians at Roberts. Like that was that was kind of the spot I would always just try to hit like the one little gem and kind of the chaos. But and I think you probably still can catch that once in a while. Like, oh, yeah. You know, time of day too. I've I've gone on like a weekday afternoon, and it's a little better than you know, obviously being there on like a Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right on. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, what a great spot. I used to live in Hawaii, and it's kind of the same with like Waikiki Beach. Like, I think generally, if you live there, you're not really hanging out down by the hotels and stuff, but. Yeah, I think everyone might have a spot like that. I'm right now in Minneapolis, and the Mall of America might be my version of that right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, one of the things that we were thinking about talking about that I've been kind of going over in my head that has actually become very relevant for me personally right now because it's early September as of this recording, and for photographers in the Northern Hemisphere, it's things get bananas for a lot of people. I mean, back to school, blah, blah, blah. But like particularly for lifestyle photographers, we're doing all the family photos for the holiday cards and, you know, all that kind of stuff comes up. And time management is a huge part of that. And I think burnout just becomes this chorus that I hear people saying every year. And as a coach, obviously, I try to help people see like what they could be doing differently to avoid that. But I'm curious what you have to say about time management. And it doesn't have to specifically be about photographers, but just this idea of like, how do we avoid burnout? Or what are some things we can do to better manage our time and our businesses? Oh, yeah. I have a lot to say about this. (laughs) I would say the first place I always start is it was actually brought to me by another podcast host, uh, Nathan Holritz of the Boca podcast. He introduced me to the idea of kind of 
listing out every single task that you do in your business. So get real nitty gritty with it and think about everything you do on the day to day. What steps do you have to take to edit a session? Um, you know, everything. What tasks are you doing within your business? And then go back through that list and identify which of these tasks can be simplified which of these tasks can be delegated or outsourced to someone else, and which of these tasks can be automated using some kind of systems. So I think that's a good starting point because, okay, maybe you're not in a financial position to outsource a bunch of stuff and that doesn't feel comfy to you. I totally understand. But maybe some of these processes you're doing could be done in a simpler way and identifying which ones could be simplified or automated. Maybe you already have some of the programs that include automation or like canned using canned emails or automated emails, things like that within maybe your CRM system already has a bunch of those tools and you're just not using them. So I think that's a great place to start is just identifying all of the tasks and which ones can be changed in a way that will better benefit you and your clients. Yeah, no, that's that sounds great. I'm curious when you say list out tasks. So if I'm sitting down and I'm like, this is all the stuff I have to do today, or I want to get done today, rather, then are you taking each of those tasks and breaking them down into the steps at that point? So in other words, if I'm like, I want to send out a newsletter and I want to edit two family sessions, just as an example, Am I going to look at each of those then and then break them down further? Is that? I would say that's probably the best route, especially for bigger tasks like editing a session. You know, maybe writing a newsletter is good as is, but maybe you want to break it up and say, oh, I got to gather the images that are going in here. I got to, you know, gather the links, whatever it may be. But, but yeah, especially with bigger tasks like editing, it's like you're not just editing. You know, you're doing a lot more than that and it's it's nice to get specific with it because maybe there's a part of that that you could outsource or a part of that that you could do differently or combine with another task like oh, when I'm culling these images, I should also set them aside for the blog post that I'm doing or like you know, maybe I do the blog posts and the editing and the newsletter at the same time or kind of simultaneously side by side because I'm utilizing the same images and I want to just get it all done at once. Like, I don't know, just an example, but I do think it helps to break it up into smaller tasks, which it can be daunting. I remember when I first did it a few years ago, it was just like a giant Google doc and, you know, it can be a little overwhelming. So definitely like take your time with it. Don't put too much pressure on yourself for it, but it's a great place to start and just like visualize all of the stuff that you do in your business. Yeah. I think it's really a huge point. It's like so simple, but it's something that I think I'm just going to reiterate. You know, when you sit down to look at your to-do list, the biggest thing I see, I wouldn't say the biggest thing, but a common thing that I see a lot of people do is make a to-do list that's super oversimplified. And then they get only a third of the way through it during the day and, you know, feel like crap because they didn't, you know, day after day, they're just not getting what they said they would get done done. And it, there's there's all sorts of stuff that play into that. And you know, we're in such a like productivity centered culture, which I can talk about that in another <laughs> whole nother podcast. But I mean, we do want to get stuff done in our businesses. And so I use Workflowy and I use it in like sort of like the Trello view. And what's nice is you can nest things. So if I have, for example, you know, a task like record a podcast, you know, I can open it up and I can see all the individual things that go with that underneath it. And then I can drag it around, like depending on when I need to do it, like today or next week or whatever. But yeah, 
remembering that like when you open up something like a drop down and you see like, oh, it's not just recording a podcast. It's blah, 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 blah. You know, um, that can be really helpful. It can be. And I think it's helpful for just your brain psychology too, because if you see for, in my case, I used to put like work on so-and-so's website and that's just really overwhelming. And so even if I work on it that day, but I don't finish it, then I feel like, oh, well, I can't really check off that task because I didn't really finish it yet. But if you break it down into the smaller tasks, it gives you that little like dopamine hit every time you check it off. Especially I do, I use Trello now. I used to use, what was the other one? ClickUp. And both of them have like these graphics of like confetti or uh, like a rainbow and unicorn, like something that happens when you accomplish a task. And it's truly like, it feels so good. So not only is it helping you understand your time management better, it's also helping your positive mindset and feeling like, yes, I'm checking things off my to-do list. I am being productive versus feeling like, man, I didn't even finish that task, even though I've been working on it all day. Yeah, that's awesome. I want confetti in work, Chloe. (laughs) (laughs) It's necessary. It should be a requirement for all of those platforms. But you're right. I do think that's another really important point. If I have a very general task, like update blog, it's like I'll look at it and then I will put it aside because I just won't even understand what that means and you don't know where to start. And then the procrastination kicks in, right? Exactly. One thing I started doing that's been helpful is I have sort of like sort of the big annual goals, but I have quarterly, monthly, and weekly stuff all listed out in my boards in Workflowy. And so let's say my quarterly goal is to like update my website aesthetic, for example, or like get a newsletter started, whatever it is. Then I can break it down and say like, okay, what part of that can I do this month? And what part of that can I do this week? And then what part can I do today? And I just kind of break it down that way so that like I'm doing little pieces that are kind of moving towards a goal sort of down the road. And it could just be something I want to get done by the end of the week and I break it down throughout the week or whatever. It doesn't have to be this big quarterly thing. But yeah, I think the breaking down point here, we're kind of going over it, but it's if you're struggling with getting stuff done, take a look at what's on your to-do list and see if you can break it down and break it down and break it down. And then you'll actually have stuff to do for sure. Yes. And then I also recommend once you have those tasks broken down, rather than just having a checklist and saying, this is what I'm doing today, I utilize like a block scheduling. So like time blocking your schedule. So actually getting really specific with, okay, from 9 to 10.30, I'm working on this. From 10.30 to 11.30, I'm working on this. And even if, let's say, 11.30 hits and I didn't finish that task, I move on to the next one because at least this is how it works for me is, you know, if if I just let myself keep going with the task, then I'm going to get sidetracked. I'm not going to stay on on track. And then I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, all of these other things I didn't get to do today. So something about like seeing it blocked out and having the specific times on there really helps keep me focused. I have ADHD. And so I know that's a It's a technique that is really common for dealing with that. I think it's just something that a lot of people struggle with. And it's really worked wonders for me. Just having that schedule, it almost like makes you feel like, okay, I got to do this right now because it's the time that I have blocked out for it. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but it's that idea of a task will take you as long 
as you give it. Yep, exactly. So if you're like, I'm going to start a newsletter by the end of the year, then you are probably going to start that newsletter on December 28th, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, but if you say, I'm going to start a newsletter by the end of the week or even the end of the day, like it's really wild what you can get done when you kind of delegate these times and then kind of pay attention to like, oh, okay, every single time I decide to do this task, I never finish it in time. So I'm going to give myself maybe a little bit more time in the block or whatever, but just kind of learning how you function is also really useful. So true. And to elaborate on that, I would say try to like overestimate the time blocks because again, with the positive psychology, we don't want to feel like crap, now I'm falling behind and I'm not accomplishing any tasks. It's better to feel like you're ahead of the game if you gave yourself a little extra buffer time and then you go through all your tasks and you're like, hey, now I have extra time. What should I do with this? Rather than feeling like you failed your schedule. So make sure that I made that mistake when I first started doing the time blocking. I would really like, underestimate how much time something is going to take me and then I'd get really frustrated. So now I tend to overestimate and it works out in my favor. Totally. And there's that, I've talked about it many times on the podcast over the past few years, but there's a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And there's a, it's just the idea that it might take you 15 or 20 minutes to get focused on what you're doing. You know, like we're so distracted all the time. So sitting down to do this work, not only does it help hugely if you turn off your phone and like don't have, you know, Instagram open or whatever. But I also notice that when I sit down and do something that requires concentration or a lot of my brain power that it usually takes me about 10 or 15 minutes with like, I'll put on my noise cancelers with like, just music without lyrics, you know, because otherwise I get pulled into some kind of like lyric or whatever. But, you know, it usually takes me a while to get into like a rhythm of where I like I'm locked in and focused. So if you're only giving yourself 15 minutes for a task, and you're like, feeling kind of like a squirrel, 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 you know, like you're just feeling really distracted. It might be that you're not giving yourself enough time to really like sink into a focused state. So that's part of it too, I think. That's a good point. I think especially with creative work too, because we can't just switch it on and off. So if you're about to sit down and do something creative, it is smart to build in that time for you to kind of like get in the right mindset, get in the zone. And I would also say another like ADHD technique that I learned is within the time blocking, then having little bits of reward time that's just free time, especially in between those tasks when you need to mentally be like, okay, I'm switching from blog post writing to photo editing. You know, your brain needs to be like, okay, I got to switch gears now. So you can give yourself a five, 10 minute break, whatever works for you in between those tasks. And maybe if, yeah, you're struggling with your phone distracting you, so you put it on do not disturb, but you know, when I finish this task, I have five minutes to scroll through Instagram if I want, and then I get back to my schedule. So that's a nice way to kind of work that in as well. I really like that. The reward system definitely works, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, I get to go look at the birds for a while. I'm going to go sit on the deck, you know. <laughs> but I think all of that's really, really important. And then, you know, just, yeah, just cutting yourself some slack too and remembering that like this is a process and it's something that you're learning how to do. And I think getting to know how we focus is a really, you know, it takes practice. It's not like you just sit down and suddenly you're a super productive person. Yep. Exactly. And yeah, trial and error, like try different things. The stuff that I'm talking about today that works for me might totally not work for someone listening right now. Like it's up to what feels good to you and you can try different things and figure that out and kind of have your own customized approach to time management. 
Totally. And I think learning how you function, there's a thing in that book too, the deep work book about like, they've done studies on how focus works and how much we lose, like truly lose in focus and productivity when just one thing distracts us. So the doorbell rings and you get up to go get it or your phone's not off. And so you like notice like notification and then you're even just noticing a notification that you don't engage with can pull you totally off track. So it's like that piece, like it's sort of similar to what you said about shifting tasks. Like if you're going from editing to blogging to, you know, like blocking stuff is really valuable because if you're in writing mode, you're like in writing mode. And if you're in like creative designing mode, then you're in creative designing mode. I think that that's useful too, but just kind of getting to know yourself and, and recognize that I don't think, I think multitasking is a little bit of a myth when it comes to deep focus, when you like, it comes to really sitting down and getting something done. And so really trying to eliminate that, I think is huge. But I also like what you said about when you're listing out these tasks, just to kind of touch on this before we move on, seeing if they can be simplified, delegated or automated. Is there anything else you want to say about that in terms of like, how to give an example of like, maybe what that might look like or how to do that? I wish I had pulled up the old, the list that I, where I did this for myself in the past, but I'm just thinking kind of like a lot of it, I think will come naturally because I think a lot of times the way that we're doing things are just the way that we know initially, but if we see it spelled out, we can kind of think like, wow, that looks like a lot of effort for this one task or like, wow, that takes up so much of my time when I thought it was just a quick task, but it's not. It's kind of, those are where the little red flags are of where there might be room for improvement. And I would say it's most of the time it's up to you on which of those three options you're choosing. Because I mean, like technically you can delegate everything out in your business, but um, obviously that's not probably realistic. So just identifying if there's something that just really makes you feel icky and you're like, you know what, I don't even want to do this anymore, but I know it needs to be done. So I'm going to look into outsourcing that. Or if you see something that's like, why do I, it takes me so long just to respond to a lead. There's got to be a way I can simplify this. So I just think it really goes back to like we were saying, again, breaking down the tasks into smaller tasks to see just how much is going into each one. And I think that's just where the pieces will start to come together for you. It's going to be looking right at you on the paper, like, hey, look how much effort's going into this one small task. So, And then it's up to you to decide which of those three options makes the most sense for you and your business and the specific task. Yeah, there's that thing that everybody hates to do, but so many coaches make people do. And I've done it before. It's just paying attention to your, like blocking out your time and mapping out your time for like a week straight. Like from the time you get up, writing down every half an hour what you do. And it's shocking sometimes how much time we waste just doing all sorts of random stuff, you know, like talking to the neighbor outside for 20 minutes, you know, or whatever. And it's not like you can't just be in life and do things like talk to the neighbor. But if you're struggling with like finding time in your day for stuff you want to do, that's another one too. I just think listing stuff out, we've covered so many ways that just listing stuff out is super valuable. But I also love that you said, if you see a task on your list that feels icky, that might be something that you want to delegate or automate at the very least simplify. And I think that leads really nicely into making aligned decisions, right? Yes. Like for me, that's my biggest, I guess, biggest tool when it comes to decision-making is just paying attention to how I feel. And I talk about this a lot on this podcast, but there's a reason that you feel icky sometimes when you're saying yes to a certain gig or when you're interacting with a potential client or when you're doing a certain task 
over and over and over and you're like, I just, this, there's no joy in this for me. I can't continue to do this, you know? Yeah, definitely. And sometimes it's a matter of like, you don't even need to be doing that thing at all then if it doesn't feel good to you. And other times it's like, okay, well, this is necessary for my business to keep running, but then maybe that's an opportunity for outsourcing. So yeah, I'm right there with you on making those aligned decisions and only sticking with the tasks that feel good to you. Because I mean, my whole thing is the reason the majority of us have started our own businesses is because we wanted that freedom. We wanted to be in control. We want to be the ones making the decisions and structuring things the way that we want them to be. So why do a lot of us end up just like doing what we see everyone else doing or doing these tasks that we don't want to do or, you know, taking on the projects that we don't want to? And I understand that Sometimes, you know, times are tough and we need to take on some projects that we don't want to maybe, but at least let that be a little alert for you. Like you said, acknowledge, notice the feeling that you're having, and then maybe it can help motivate you toward, oh, maybe I need to change something about my marketing and who I'm reaching out to, or let me set a new goal for, you know, the types of clients I'm going to attract, things like that. Like I never want to sound like, you know, coming from a privileged place being like, don't take, just, you know, kick them to the curb. Cause trust me, I've been in the position where I'm like, nope, I will take any work that comes to me. But while I'm doing that, I'm acknowledging this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make this not happen again. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's so huge. And it's also easier said than done in so many ways. This audience knows probably by now that a couple of years ago, I sent out an email to my entire email list and said, I'm no longer going to shoot weddings anymore. And weddings at the time were my main cash cow. And I knew that I was going to have to move shit around to get things to work. But it was also like I was getting to a point after over 10 years of shooting where I just like it was, I needed a break. I may go back to it someday, but as of right now, I'm so happy with this decision because every time I would get an inquiry for a wedding, I would feel drained instead of excited. Now, when I first started for like years and years and years, I was just excited. I was like, oh, another one. Yay. You know, and I, I enjoyed it and it was great. There was nothing wrong with shooting weddings. It was just, it had run its course for me and it really drained me. Like it just really made me feel like I was slogging through mud or something every time I would try and, you know, get myself psyched up for it or something. And so that feeling in your business can be confusing because you've, in, this is a good example, because you spend all this time building something and there's that sunken cost fallacy. Like, oh, I put all this time and money and effort into this, so I can't just abandon it. But if you're seeing a pattern in your business where you're like, this does not make me happy at all, then just don't do it anymore. You don't have to do it anymore. And again, you made a good point. Like sometimes you do have to do it if you're just in a in a tight spot. And I totally understand that. I've been, you know, doing this for a, a long time and don't have another job. So there are times when it's like, particularly the last few years where it's like, okay, I will do that because it's been really slow. But if you have the privilege and the flexibility to take note of the things in your business that make you feel poopy, I mean, stop doing them, you know? You can always change your mind and come back to doing them again. But exactly, I think it's really valuable to take note of that. I agree. Yeah. And like you said, when the inquiries come in, that's the big one. Like that is the real big one. Next time you get an inquiry, before you open the email, 
tune in to yourself, you know, and really like feel those feels and then open it up and log like as you read through the inquiry, what are the feelings you're having based off of the different things they're saying about their session? And I mean, it's so telling. I've noticed that a lot with my work too. And it's really helped me hone in on the types of photographers that I, that would be my ideal clients, you know, um, just recognizing little things that they say in the inquiries and stuff like that. So those getting those emails are really telling. They're so telling. I think we know right away. I really do. Or even probably within a couple emails when, you know, if a client starts to just say things that you're like, I don't do this. <laughs> this is not in my wheelhouse. Well, before we jump off, I'd love to just touch on a little bit of what you're doing right now and how you can help photographers. Because if if someone's listening and they're like, I need to not be doing this anymore, particularly website related stuff, you're the person. Yes. Yeah. So I love the connection here with talking about time management and stuff because my goal with the services that I offer for photographers is to help with that time management. And both of my service offerings are really streamlined, quick turnaround times so that it doesn't drag out the process for you. So my main thing here is show it template customization. I can knock out a completely customized website for you in just one week. I'm utilizing a show it template and that includes help with your website copy and your SEO strategy too. I have, I've been doing this business for over six years now, but this new process that I've been doing this year with the one week turnaround time has been so cool. And a lot of it is able to happen because of these time management techniques I use. Like it really helps keep me on track and just having like, okay, this week I'm focusing on this client and this client only. It's amazing. So, so yeah, I do full websites, but then I also have VIP days. Again, I focus on the show it platform. If you're not familiar with show it, I've got a lot of details about it on my website and why I prefer it, especially for photographers. But VIP days are more like if you have one of those annoying task lists piling up, you've got a to-do list of all these updates you want to make to your website. Maybe you want to update a service or change your images or do a brand refresh across your site. I dedicate a full day to you. And the amount of things that I've been able to knock out in one sitting is uh, pretty impressive if I do say so myself. So the VIP days have been a lot of fun. It's like almost like challenging myself, like how much can I get done on this person's website? But yeah, they're super fun. So so yeah, I just love helping photographers feel more aligned with their websites and in a way that it's something they want to share and show off. And it's really like getting the work done for them. I love that. I also, you know, it brought up this idea of kind of like a bottleneck in your business. So in other words, if you're one of those people listening and like the thing on your list, one of them that has been keeping you from reaching your goals or just even moving forward, or you know that it's part of your procrastination. If one of those things is like, I got to update my website, (laughs) or I need a website that looks better than this one, or I need a website at all, or whatever it is. Sometimes it is the most valuable way to spend your money and your time to have someone else push you through that barrier. Because like, if you just keep looking at the thing on your list, and it just does not move, because you're overwhelmed by it, that is not how businesses grow. So this is certainly a time where delegation or, or just working with someone like Kelsey would be great. Yeah. And again, with being creative, I feel because I've been working with photographers for a long time and a lot of them say to me like, I've just, I've been messing with my website on and off for years. And I finally just decided to hand it over because as a creative person, it's like, 
it's never going to feel right for you and you're doing it yourself and you keep tweaking and you keep questioning your decisions. And so and that's why even I did a rebrand for myself earlier this year. And while while I did do my own website, I outsourced all of the other creative work. I had someone else do my brand design, my copywriting, all of that. So I mean, I can vouch for that process in like just how good it feels to hand off the creative work and just get like a second set of eyes and someone who's that's what they specialize in, you know, that's what they're the expert in. So, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're investing in your business. You're investing in yourself too. So it's, I think you're getting over that creative person's control thing sometimes is really useful. Like, okay, you know what? Like I can still be in control here, but I don't have to do this whole project myself. So, well, where can people find you? Cause that might be useful. <laughs> Yeah, of course. My website is launchyourdaydream.com. And then as far as socials go, I'm pretty much just on Instagram. It's also just launchyourdaydream. Cool. Well, before we jump off, I always like to ask people sort of what is a piece of advice or a quote or like a thing that you turn to that really helps you when you're feeling stuck or just helps you to to run your business and be in life and be a productive person? Is there anything that and you can take your time with this because we can cut out the, <laughs> the space. But anything that you want to leave people with? Yeah, I appreciate offering the time there. But I actually, right as you said that, my eyes went to, I have a sticky note on my computer that says, just ask. So remembering that you don't have to be alone in this. Asking for help is one thing. But also if you're... I don't know, like some examples of maybe you're wanting to get featured somewhere or you want to connect with a photographer that you really look up to or anything like that, just like wanting to connect with other people or collaborate with someone else and you feel nervous to do it. I think just constantly reminding yourself to just ask and like most of the time it works out for you. Like what's the worst that can happen? So yeah, just, I think that would be my bit of advice is, is when you're feeling, if you're feeling stuck or you're feeling hesitant about something, just ask. That's such good advice. That's how we ended up here. I think you sent me. Exactly. I reached right out to you. <laughs> asking if I wanted to connect and we had a great chat and then decided to do this. So I mean, there you have it. It can be very simple. And for photographers looking to get more clients, really struggling, like, why aren't they finding my amazing website? Well, maybe you need Kelsey's help with your website. But if not, also just asking, like, look at your email list, go down it and go, okay, who can I just send an email to and say, do you want photos this fall? I am booking these dates for October. And you might be surprised by the end of the day, if you send 50 emails, like you might have 10% of that booked, you know, I mean, it's, it's the way, you know, you don't even need, I mean, it's a lot more laborious and time consuming, but like, even if you don't have an email list, you can just do it. Just ask just one by one, you know, get started. So that's awesome advice. Thank you, Kelsey. And thank you for being here on the show. We'll have to do this again sometime because I think there's other topics that we wanted to cover. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> totally. Until then, I'll talk to you soon. So are you one of those folks that say, "Ugh, I'm not blogging in my business because it takes so long and I don't know what to say and it's hard to choose photos and it's just a long process and I know I should do it, but I don't. Well, I've been there before, but one of the things that completely changed this game for me is when PicTime rolled out their 
blog feature early spring in February 2023. It not only allows you to create super, super beautiful blog posts, but you can do it so, so, so fast working with galleries that you've already uploaded for clients. So there isn't any doubling down on anything. And now they've added AI to this process as well. So you may have your feelings about AI, but if you're one of those people that's like, ugh, I don't know what to say, then let AI write something for you and then you can add your own little voice and flair to it after it's done. It's a way to get things started. It's a way to help you get past that resistance of trying to get a blog post out or maybe multiple blog posts out. It's just one more feature in PickTime's bajillion amazing features that I think is fabulous. So if you're on the fence about trying PickTime, they are offering you one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So you can just try it. And if you find that you don't like any of these awesome features that I always talk about, you can cancel. If you go to pick-time.com, P-I-C-T-I-M-E.com and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, you get that one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So that's pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP and try that one month free and get going on your blog because yes, it's still a relevant thing and it's something that's useful in growing your photo business. Hey photographers, tired of staring at a blank screen when writing emails? 17 Hats has introduced a game-changing AI email writing feature called Hattie. Now, with just the click of a button, you can create polished professional emails. So whether you're responding to leads or building templates, Hattie will elevate your communication game with the power of AI. It's just one more way 17 Hats helps you manage your business better. So go try 17 Hats for seven days for free and use code PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year. That's up to a $300 savings. Check it out at 17hats.com. Use code PHOTOBIZHELP.